Welcome to another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. And as always, again today, we're going to be disrupting the silence around some of those topics that um, we don't like to speak about, especially in the Pacific. Today, we're talking about dating, marriage and sex. Um, The role of parents, along with the church community, is to really help develop our young people into life, into their future relationships, and especially around this issue of marriage and and sex. And so I've I've been doing a bit of intense research, um, just looking into how, particularly Fijians again, how you have helped develop your young people and your children around these issues. And the result has really been, we haven't. Um, The people, I I put out a survey, a lot of the survey results came back from men and some young women in their 30s, 40s, was that um, what they were told, particularly around sex was, and dating was, don't do it, Um, don't have sex until marriage, which is a very good thing to say, but understanding the why behind it, um, and that maybe if we have sex and we've got to marry the first man we have sex with, unfortunately, this has uh, borne a lot of fruit. We have to look at the fruit of what our teaching brings. And we see in Fiji that teenage pregnancy has gone through the roof. I think a lot of this teaching has led to ending up with the wrong person, not understanding uh, how relationships work, what we're looking for in our life partners. And so Um, There is um, just a lot of um, issues that we're all so aware of. Now, today, I'm not wanting to blame anybody. I'm not wanting to blame parents because I think they have just done what they were taught as well. But we're living in a different age where our young people have access to a lot of pornography, a lot of things online. They are curious. So if they don't know, they go searching. And so I think we can do better in this topic um, and I'm really encouraged as I talk to younger people that they really are wanting to teach their children in a different way. But I just want to read out some of the results that I've been receiving from surveys. And these people have been have given me permission. I have changed their names, but they've given me permission to read out what they have sent in. So Mary, who's 30, she said that she was taught that sex before marriage is a sin. We were warned not to have sex or we might get pregnant and bring fatherless kids into the world. And if we were to have sex, it would be in the proper marriage bed and the only person we were to have sex with is between a husband and a wife. Again, this is is important information, but sometimes it comes across as rules. And if you don't give the why behind the what, again, it leads our young people um, usually into rebellion is what I find because young people, if they don't fully understand why, they, they will go and experiment. And of course, Mary, she went on to say that I lost my virginity when I was drunk, knowing that I was no longer perfect, that I could that I could not go back home. She ended up marrying that man, uh, highly abusive relationship, four kids later, and she had to leave him. Uh, and maybe things could have been different if we had done it different with Mary. Sarah, age 39, she said uh, that she was taught, again, no sex before marriage, Uh, and that her purity would be celebrated, that she would gain a reputation, a good reputation, and her parents would gain a good reputation from her purity uh, and being a virgin. And again, this is part of a truth. We want, yes, we want to teach our young people this, uh, but we can hold virginity up as a golden crown. Meanwhile, they're still involved in pornography, maybe oral sex, other things. And so there's a whole full picture to our sex education. 
I asked Sarah, did you feel like you failed at marriage? And she said, definitely, I have failed. Uh, She said, I wish my parents had told me um, how to have a relationship with a boy and given me boundaries in that relationship. And I wish my parents had taught me about toxic behaviours and red flags. Lastly, Lai, 42, uh, she said she heard nothing from her parents. She learned about sex from Mills and Boons. Um, those books that seem to float around Fiji everywhere. And again, she said she feels like she's failed in her marriage. Uh, And she goes on to write very openly. She said, I've failed a lot because what I was looking for was not there. And it's taken me a lot of reading and research to try and find the answers to the state I find myself in. As of today, I'm not having sex with my husband because I feel like I was being misled by the books I was reading. I would usually read Mills and Boons to get myself ready for sex, but I've stopped doing that. Right now, I'm trying my best to find the truth and the real meaning of sex. So again, unfortunately, our silence um, does not help, and I think we can do better. Lastly, another woman had wrote wrote to me, and she said uh, she was taught that sex before marriage was the unforgivable sin. And um, that grieves me because I don't think there's any sin uh, that is unforgivable. Certainly Jesus doesn't say that. There is redemption. There is hope in the power of the cross. There is forgiveness as we repent, as we confess. Uh, And we've got to give our young people this. um, Rules, regulations and religion um, just only lead to death. So look, today we are going to talk. just have a little bit of a chat to Uh, A young Fijian woman, she's not famous or anything, she's just your ordinary Fijian woman. Maybe you are famous. Um, But another woman that I've been uh, doing research with and investigating, but Tale, hello, Bula. Bula, Bula, Leticia, thank you for having me. Are you famous? No, no, not really, no, I'm not, I'm not famous, not at all. (laughs) Everyone's famous in Fiji. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is uh, Tali Ngandiki Lakemba. I come from the island of Lakemba in Laos, from both of my mom's side and my dad's side. I am 29 years of age and I will be turning 30 in September this year. Uh, I come from uh, siblings, uh, a big family. There's seven of us. I am the fifth one in the family. Uh, All of my siblings are married and they have their kids. Yes, uh, basically, I think I'll just stop there, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so you're still single, hey? Yes, I am. Great. That's awesome. And there's nothing wrong with being single. Um, And you're, you're currently at USP? Yes, currently at USP uh, as a project assistant, doing something along the lines of um, East West Centre drop project. Yes, and you are the head girl at Suva Grammar too. So, yes, that too. <laughs> so you know, I'm not, um, I'm not interviewing ACS, but. Um, and we, we, we know who just won the re- recently won the Cokes, so we, we won't mention that today. But, um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having this chat because uh, I think I first reached out to you to say, what do you get taught um, as Fijian young people? 
And again, we, we don't want to, um, we're not here to ridicule our parents. We love them and they've, they've done the best they can. But as one of seven, what were you taught from your parents? For me personally, what I was taught was simply don't have sex before marriage. And uh, that was it. If, if I have to recall correctly, that's basically what I was taught growing up as a young girl. There would be times where my dad would say, be careful, uh, be careful of, uh, you know, who you talk to. But that was just that. It, was, it wasn't any explanation uh, as to why should I be careful or whatnot. Yes. Okay. So did, did that help you or um, did you still always have questions in the back of your head? Today, I would say I'm more informed, but as a young girl then growing up, I, I really believe it did not help at all. What it did create inside of me was a level of curiosity as to, oi, why, why, shouldn't, why shouldn't we explore this? So there was always this, um, I think, fear, fear of uh, even approaching uh, the opposite sex and engaging in conversation. There was always this fear because of that ultimate idea that uh, something bad might happen and... And so there was, it did not help at all as a young teenage girl growing up. Yes, it didn't help. Yeah, and that's fascinating because I've, as you know, I've just been reading a book. It's called She Deserves Better. And the research shows that um, young women who don't uh, even date, um, you know, if they just wait uh, to get married, they're more likely to marry in a user because they haven't learned how to relate with young men. Uh, they haven't learnt the toxic signs. They haven't learnt how to act themselves. Uh, so this don't, don't, don't date, don't whatever, uh, isn't really servicing our young people uh, rather than teaching what does healthy relationships look like. Um, that, that would probably be a far greater outcome, wouldn't it? Yes, yes. Definitely. Um, when it comes to, like for me personally, in my journey as a young girl, the, the fear was always that to, to sort of like explore dating with the opposite sex. It will always be in the friend zone with, with the opposite sex, simply because I am told that this is not the time for that. And there is fear in it. So what happens was that I started to learn a lot from about like sex, about dating, about what marriage looks like from school, basically growing up. I, I did not get that from home, unfortunately, but I got a lot of that around school and I would see young people my age dating. I would hear stories of their heartaches and what happened, the drama. And so I sort of learned from that, from other people's lived experience that, okay, this is not good. Maybe that's good. Okay, this is what you look for. And I believe also going through a co-ed school, because I went to civil grammar school as a teenager, it helped me relate with the opposite sex to an extent. 
because I could see how they behave, who was a well-behaved uh, boy and who wasn't the attitude. I could learn firsthand just by looking and, and seeing them. But what helped more was that the standard that I had, because I came to know the Lord Jesus at a very young age at 16, because of that, it sort of helped me find comfort in learning about Jesus. It gave me a role model and sort of like I could standard, standard, have that standard in looking with, uh, towards the opposite sex, if that, yes. Yeah. So that's, I mean, you, you had some standards in your life, which um, not everyone does, unfortunately, and maybe that's um, down to uh, being a part of a, a good family. Um, and so you were watching the drama <laughs> uh, of relationships um, and you were learning what not to do, really. Mm. Yes, exactly. I was learning what not to do. Even even how how to approach um, how is it like to talk to a guy or what is it how does a guy approach a girl and how they are supposed to be talking to them in a way sort of I think what I failed to do was to to learn about myself because I was so focused in like you know learning from everything that was happening around me it's like okay that I should not pick that or maybe yes and what I did not do was take the time to learn about myself learn about what I want, learn about um, who am I and just discovering that person so that I could tell what is it that I don't like or what is it that I do like. And, and I suppose that was, you know, taken away from me because I was so fixated at, okay, learn from this, don't do this, don't do that. And, and I was just doing that a lot in my teenage life. Uh, growing up yes and even with with sorry and even with my siblings you know um maybe they'll hear this later but i learned a lot from 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 their lived experience with their relationships uh as they were living out their life in their marriage even in you know their dating phase and i saw some things that i just did not want and so from there growing up i i think i really believe that I put it in my heart that I will not make certain decisions this way and that way. So I think I benefited at the expense of um, my siblings, uh, I would say, decisions in their relationship. I benefited from it because I saw firsthand, uh, okay, this works. Okay, maybe that doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, and that's a real positive that we can learn from each other. Um, but, you know, you're, you're probably a rare person because a lot of people are going to Google and pornography is um, the number one sex educator for our young people, unfortunately. Can I share, when I, when I, even when I was in primary school, uh, those days um, they, they had discs. I remember boys were passing it around and they would take it and they were talking about it and I would hear it, you know. I was, at that time, I didn't think so. I have a mobile phone. No, not at all. But at that time, it was already like a, a dis discussion. And I think that this is something that is really said in our Fijian culture. We have very sick, silly jokes that is largely 
about sexuality, about sex, and it would really downgrade the woman in, and it would come off as just a joke. And I remember as a young girl attending Jaimba Primary School, there would be jokes thrown around uh, about it. And literally I'm sitting there, we're listening. And this is how like we are like just capturing ideas like, oh, so that happened, that happened. And, and, and it did not just end there, it went along with us. High school, you know, jokes about like a lot of very, very bad jokes about sex and how it comes off as funny. And it was just wrong, flat out. It is wrong and it, it lodges something in your head, especially when they're degrading women. So from an early age, you as women are learning that, um, you know, you're, you're second rate, you're degraded. And all of this adds to a culture of, of abuse, unfortunately, and nobody wins in the end. So, yeah, nobody really addresses it. And I think a lot of it comes from pornography. Um, and to think that in primary school, they're bringing discs into primary school. Um, so what it just help fill me in, what are some of the other attitudes that parents might teach their children about sex that's unhelpful, that, that you're aware of in your culture that we need to disrupt? There are a couple of things that I've thought of. I, I believe one of the very strong factor for me personally is this um, invisible expectation for girls and women in particular to, to, to have this almost like, it's like, um, how do I say this? There's this invisible expectation where women or, or girls are expected to know that, okay, you should already be married now. You should already. And so there's always this pressure for women that if they are alone or, or they're in their single life, that there's something wrong. And so there's always this invisible expectation that a girl should be married, that a girl should give birth to children and I am for that I am for that it's just that this pressure that sort of comes from family and parents that their their girls should should always look forward to marriage life I believe that parents should really focus on growing up the child to know their identity their worth instead of trying to look outside and, and look towards marriage. So that's, that's one of the invisible expectations that's always upon girls. That if you're already like 30 or you're turning, or you're going past 30, or you should be married by now, you should already have your children. And we have pinned success to having marriage and children instead of actually understanding like, are they happy? Is the marriage functioning well? Are they both playing their roles uh, accordingly? You know, is there good communication between the couple? And and so there's this 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 idea that is always pushed to young girls. And even even social media does not help because of romance and and movies that come about. And it continues to create this idea for girls to to desire so much more get there and you know be married 
much more than developing themselves, developing their mind, developing their, their being, developing themselves spiritually even, and all of these things. It's just, it's so focused on the outward look instead of actually taking care of the person in a being. And I think parents also, second thing is, is to get away from simply just telling a child, don't have sex or um, don't, don't, don't uh, go and be with, uh, don't be hanging around with boys. You know, even the perspective of girls having a lot of guy friends, it's perceived as a negative uh, you know, vibe towards it. It's like people look to it as bad. And there's this a lot of ideology about, or oh, you should stick to your own, you should. It's like there's always this fear because there's a lack of knowledge because we never explain. Parents never take the time out to explain to their children why should they wait before, uh, after, after marriage. Why should they not have sex now? Why is it important for parents to nurture the child up as a strong, uh, you know, mental person, emotional being, emotional intelligence, rather than go and get married, find someone, you know, give, give children the guidelines, give children, give children information that is useful to them. And that will mean parents will need to really go down and learn and unlearn things that they, they think that is right, which is not, and unlearn for the sake of their children. There's a lot that needs to be committed by parents because their children is dependent on how they are raising them up. And, and those, are the, those are the two things that I strongly uh, would, would yeah. and I agree and I think uh, the church uh, the church has failed at um, giving what I would call a theology of sex you know what is sex for How, why has God created it because they give a biblical perspective from the Bible um, because the Bible has uh, the most beautiful answers on this and, and I think you made the comment to me well the church doesn't view this as spiritual can you explain that a bit more so when it, when it comes to the church, um, the, it's almost the same, but I believe now they do have teachings on, on marriage counseling. They, all, they have all of that. And uh, one of the things that I notice when it comes to talking about dating is that we church, the church, because I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm part of a church is so scared to talk about why is a marriage between a man and a woman? I'm just going to go in that direction. And, and they never, they, they don't want to explain this. Why is it between a man and a woman? The reason why I'm highlighting this is because there is largely many young people that are struggling with same-sex attraction, right? And, and they love Jesus. But inside, internally, they're fighting this and, and they think that there's something wrong. And this is where the church needs to carefully and biblically explain the reasons why. And to help our young people, help our young people understand that though that there is a struggle, that this, 
this is the pattern and this is why. Because they need to, like young people need to have a reason why is it they are holding on to believing that they will, they will wait for marriage. They need, to be, they need to have a solid, you know, reason biblically and the church needs to come in to teach, teach the word, teach the word in love and in truth and to help our young people understand that even what they're going through, that there's nothing for them to fear, that they can come to the Lord and they can even come to the church and be counseled by it. But too often, I believe there's been like a level of over-spiritualization of things. And we would push it off the wagon and say, oh, pray about it. We would say, um, I know you need to fast about these things. But there are times when people really need to develop and unlearn certain things or certain truths that they've hold on to that are not right for them. And, and the church is not helping when we don't have the answers. And all we have is pray about it. I'm not downgrading prayer, the place of prayer. There is a place for prayer. I'm not downgrading the place of counseling, but we need to be excellent in the way we communicate and teach because it's not the same anymore. The people that are coming now, they are exposed. The young people that are coming are exposed to a level of information that even those that have gone before us, they were not exposed to that at that age. And they, they are already there at that place. And we, we the church, and including me, we need to be able to, to sit and listen to the young people to tell us actually what's happening. Because I'm telling you, like, when I hear teen, teenagers, young people share their personal stories, I am blown away. Because... I think we have been babying, babying too much. We've been babying them and we feel like, oh, we shouldn't talk about sex. No, church is the safest place to talk about sex. Not outside, not, not I'm not even saying, I'm, I'm saying the church should be talking about sex. What happens like physically, emotionally, in the soul level, in the spirit? What is happening to a body when it engages in this activity? What are the risks? What is the side effect? And I think when we don't take it seriously, the enemy has really taken a foot in and is, you know, is destroying the young people that are coming up with their destinies and lives. It's pornography because that's where they're looking for answers, for, for satisfaction, which is, yes, which is, which is not godly and won't help them. It will not help their perspective, their views, it will not help how they see women. And we need to bring in the young boys. Young boys, we need to bring them in. The church really needs to bring in the young boys and help mentor them so that they can go back and also help other young boys that are out there that are, you know, fighting this and, and they don't even know how to fight it. All they know is to run to pornography, run to drugs, run to something else, run to women. One to sex. No, we've got a long way to go. Our time is up today. I just want to finish off um, just by addressing the lie that we must marry the first man we sleep with or vice versa. Uh, the Bible doesn't say that. Now, that might seem the right thing to do or a good thing to do. Um, and if he's the right guy, you know, if that's where you're meant to. But 
Unfortunately, it's leading to a lot of um, divorce, a lot of unhealthy marriages, a lot of abuse. Uh, there is forgiveness. <laughs> Again, uh, yeah. your, your life is not over if you are involved mm. in sexual sin. I'll say it to this camera. Your life is not over. Um, find someone, confess, repent, receive the forgiveness power of Jesus, find healing into your life. He wants to set you free. You've been bound in these sexual sins because of the lies that you've been taught, because an older generation hasn't spoken truth and the church has let you down, but God wants to heal you today. So I just want to put that, um, I want to expose that as a lie. Um, and that there is forgiveness and healing. And if God requires and wants you to marry that guy, go for it. But uh, we've got to take that out of our family uh, very much because it's causing a lot of havoc. So look, there is so much more we could say, but um, we're just beginning this conversation and uh, I'll probably be interviewing some other people. And when I come back to Fiji, um, we will be addressing this a bit more and helping again my job is not just to um, help highlight the wrong, but help to bring some solutions and some resources, um, again, that, that can bring life and hope into particularly the next generation, that we can do it differently in a way that creates healthy and whole relationships. So thank you for being a part of this conversation and giving us insight from a young Fijian woman of what you've, had to, um, what you've been faced with in your church and family and school. I know there's a lot more you could say, but... Thank you for today. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Leticia. Easily I see your suffering I see the pain Beneath that bull of smile Come out from hiding The sun is rising let the islands hear reason.